All right, here's where we're going to start. Now, you might be thinking, he's going to ask us, is the glass half full or is the glass half empty? That's not where I'm going. What do you think this cup of water weighs? Before, before I let you tell too many guesses, I have no idea. <laughs> the absolute weight of this cup is not the point. When I picked this cup, I easily had the strength to pick it up and hold it. And it's not too heavy. But what would happen if I would continue to hold this all for the next 25 minutes while I'm speaking? Is the weight of this cup going to change? Is it going to feel heavier the longer I carry it? What's the difference? Okay, let's look at this another way. This cup is the container holding the water, right? What if I try to hold it like this? I can't seem to do it. It doesn't work. I don't have the ability to carry that without the container. This is all going to make sense in a minute. This morning, one of the things we're going to talk to you about, which Dave already mentioned in our welcome there, is the God difference. And, I, and I'm not going to go too deep into that yet, because we're going, to, we're going to get there throughout the message. But my ability to hold this is based on the strength that I have. The longer I carry it, the heavier it gets, the harder it is to hold. But if we were to imagine that Jesus were standing here next to me and I could actually just hand my cup, whatever's in it, to him, and let him carry it, all of a sudden it makes all the difference. I'm not going to get tired carrying what's in my cup if I can hand it to Jesus. Because what Jesus does for us in this life is he makes the God difference. It's all the difference in the world. So in other words, to go back to the other one, when I, when I pour that water and try to hold it in my hand, there's not really anything I can do to be able to hold that water without a container. The container makes all the difference. My challenge to you as we open up our Christmas Eve message this morning is to allow God to make a difference in your life this Christmas. Let's pray. Jesus, we welcome you into this place. We're grateful that you are here with us. We've come today to celebrate you. Not just to celebrate the history and the story of you, but to celebrate that you are here with us now. You are here with us today in this moment, making a real difference in our lives. So would you come now as we look to your word and make a difference in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to wrap up our Advent series with a message called, we've been looking at receiving the blessing, focused on experiencing Jesus' love at Christmas time. And today we're going to look at receiving the blessing of the light. In a moment, we're going to go to John 1. So if you want to flip there uh, to follow along, these will also be on the screen for you. Just hold your finger there for a moment. As we think about Christmas, 
I want to propose to you that we can actually think about this entire season. And we described in earlier weeks, Advent is the hopeful expectation as we await the arrival of Jesus. And we talked in earlier weeks about how uh, historically, prior to Jesus coming, they were longing for a Messiah, for the first coming of Jesus. And we now have the benefit of looking back. But I want to propose to you this morning that this season is more than about just looking back. We do rejoice over Jesus' first coming. Everything that's wrapped up in the Christmas story, that Jesus came and put on human flesh to be able to identify with you and me, to make all the difference, to make possible that we could have relationship with the Father. We rejoice at that. We also prepare for his second coming. We're still looking forward, even as we look back to when Jesus came the first time, when he left, he promised, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come again. And so we are preparing and looking forward to his second coming. But especially pointing at this time of year, we need not lose sight of the fact that we are also celebrating his presence, that he's here with us now. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is not just a story. He is not just a hope for the future, but he is present in this very moment. He is with us, making a difference in our lives. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, this, uh, if you're following along on the screen, we're reading actually from the Living Bible today. Verse 1 says, before anything else existed, there was Christ with God. He has always been alive and in himself God. He created everything there is and nothing exists that he didn't make. Eternal life is in him, and this life gives light to all mankind. That's us. His life is the light that shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 6, God sent John the Baptist as a witness to the fact that Jesus Christ is the true light. Hold on to that phrase about Jesus being the light. John himself was not the light, only a witness to identify it or, or to point to it. We know if you study up on John the Baptist, he was one that helped prepare the way. All right, verse 9. Later on, the one who is the true light arrived to shine on everyone coming into the world. But although he made the world, the world didn't recognize him when he came. We've talked about this before. Many of them missed it. They didn't quite understand. They didn't quite get what was happening. Even in his own land and among his own people, the Jews, he was not accepted. Only a few would welcome and receive him. But to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. All they needed to do was trust him to save them. All those who believe this are reborn, not a physical rebirth resulting from human passion or plan, but from the will of God. And the last verse we're going to look at for now, 14, and Christ became a human being. This is, this is Christmas. This is the beginning of this. Christ became a human being and lived here on earth among us and was full of loving forgiveness. And some of us have seen his glory. 
the glory of the only Son of the Heavenly Father. And I, I want to pause even just right up front. If you don't identify with that, if, if you can't uh, enthusiastically say, yes, I have seen, I have tasted of the glory of the Son of God, there's an invitation today for that to become your reality. But I would gather in this group that many of us have seen that, have experienced that reality. And so we're going to look this morning briefly at some of the ways that the God difference intersects our life. Related to this Christmas story, but, but translating forward all the way into this present moment and moving on into the future. And the first thing that I want to talk to you about is that Jesus relationship with the heavenly father is what brought about what we're calling the god difference we we talked in a previous message about how the reality of what took place at christmas is not just about the birth of a baby it's about making a way to the father what begins at christmas is part of a grand redemption story that makes possible for you and i to have an intimate, loving, and personal relationship with the creator of the entire universe. That, that for many of us, you could identify, has made all the difference in the world. I can personally testify who I was before Jesus is drastically different than who I am because of Jesus. It made all the difference in the world. And that is made possible because, first and foremost, Jesus relationship with the father let's dig into this a little bit matthew three sixteen and 17 in the message version this is a just a small excerpt from jesus's earthly baptism when he went down and, and was water baptized uh, picking up in verse 16 it says the moment that jesus came up out of the baptismal water the skies opened up and he saw god's spirit it looked like a dove descending and landing on him And along with the spirit of voice, which is the father, this is my son chosen and marked by my love, delight of my life. That language to me paints a picture of an intimate father son relationship. And we don't need to miss the fact that at this point, chronologically in the history, this is not after Jesus had done everything that he was eventually going to do. Jesus hasn't, hasn't. Uh, walked the road of the, he hasn't, he hasn't done all the things that we know are coming in the story. And his father is not saying, I'm proud of you because you did a good job. He's saying, this one's mine. I have relationship with this one. This one is marked by my love. I delight in this one. It's all relational language and it's not predicated on anything that Jesus had done. Because honestly, in relation to uh, his years of ministry and his road to the cross, he hadn't done any of that yet. And yet Jesus came and said, this one's mine. This is whom I love. And so that relationship is what enabled Jesus, through the grace of his Father, to walk the road that he then walks. To live a life clothed and veiled in human flesh, living by the power of the Spirit, and yet able to walk in sinless perfection and to be completely obedient to the Father. Hopefully you see that there's, there's hope in that, 
that the same is possible for us. We, we fall short. We're not, we haven't arrived there, but, but Jesus' relationship with the Father shows us the possibility. One other reference, John 10, 30, in the latter part of the verse, Jesus says, I and the Father are one heart and mind. See, Jesus' uh, relationship with his Father, he says they are one heart and one mind. They are operating together in intimate partnership and relationship. And so the will of the Father is expressed through the actions of the Son. They are working together. They have a relationship that enables Jesus as God's representation here on the earth to do the will and the bidding of the Father, which is primarily related to bringing the God difference to us, to all of humanity. Jesus coming and being born of a virgin and being put, put on flesh and walking the earth was all part of God's, the Father's expressed will to get us, all of humanity, all of mankind, back into right relationship with him. And so we can see that this God difference, as we're calling it, is seen in Jesus from the moment he's born all the way to the moment he ascends back to heaven. We see that everything he's able to do is made possible because of his relationship with his heavenly father. Let's look at another example of this. Luke 4, verses 40 and 41 <coughs> When the sun went down, everyone who had anyone sick with some ailment or other uh, ailment or other brought them to him. One by one, he placed his hands on them and healed them. Demons left in droves, screaming, "Son of God, you're the Son of God!" But he shut them up or silenced them, refusing to let them speak because they knew too much, knew him to be the Messiah. See, Jesus' full time had not come yet. People, again, didn't yet understand that he was the Messiah, that he was sent of God to be the rescuer, the savior of all mankind. But we see this beginning to be demonstrated in the way that he uh, healed people. And And it said they brought him all kinds and he healed them all. Now we know in our broken world, we don't see all healed But again, Jesus shows us the possibility that in right relationship with the Father and in the full expressed presence of the kingdom of God, all can be healed. And so Jesus demonstrates the difference that can be made by relationship with the Father in the way he ministers. He shows us the possibilities. We see that in the life of Jesus. We also see the God difference in Jesus' followers, which is us, right? So in the same way that we see what Jesus does on the earth, demonstrating the love of the Father, making a difference for people, bringing them into relationship, we see the same thing in us. Now, I'm not equating us with Jesus. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. We are not... We are not equal with God in that we are not gods. 
He is God, I am not. I just I want to make that really clear. But we see this same difference, just as I said, and we all have our own testimony, our own story of what was life like before Jesus and what is it. Now, for most of you, like me, it's not perfection, but I can point to numerous stories, numerous points in times where I know without God in my life, this thing would have been different. I would be different. God has made a difference in my life. And it's not because I did enough things to earn enough brownie points and check enough boxes that I'm in, with the good, I'm in good with the big man upstairs. That's not the difference. See, one of the things that we get confused, especially in uh, American evangelical Christianity, is that we think uh, our activities are the things that make the difference. We think that if we uh, get up every morning and read our one-year Bible or do our devotional or say a prayer before a meal or, or show up to church faithfully, that those are the things that will make a difference. And, and don't misunderstand. None of those things are bad things to do. But they all pale in comparison to the difference that a relationship with the living God can make. See, for me to just crack open my Bible and read it without inviting God to be present with me and to speak with me and to have relationship with me, honestly, doesn't make a lot of difference. But if he's in it, if in relationship, in partnership, we read it together, his spirit can actually illuminate the words can help connect it to my life, can help make a difference because the Word of God as it's presented and written in the Bible, its primary purpose is to point you to relationship with the one who, who inspired it, who wrote it, who created it. And so I would caution you against reading your Bible just to gain knowledge. I would encourage you Read your Bible to know the one who's behind it until he begins to speak to you, until you have a relationship, and he will actually show you things. He will help you. He will invest in you. He will teach you. He will guide you. Because if uh, you don't know this about uh, us and our, our sort of beliefs as vineyard people, we don't think that God stopped speaking when the canon was closed. God is still alive. He's still making a difference. Now, we could, we could wrap this all up around uh, his life on earth, and that really is the biggest difference that could be made. We could tie that to how, uh, as lost and sinful and broken people, we could never get to God without the sacrifice and journey of Jesus, and that's all true. But he's still alive and active, making a difference in the little things today. So, so he made the ultimate difference, but he's still wanting to show up in your life. He's still wanting to meet you on Monday morning, on Tuesday night, on Thursday afternoon, in your workplace, in your classroom, around the table with your family, or alone at night in a quiet time. He wants to meet you and make a difference. And when I say make a difference, I'm talking about leading you towards hope leading you towards 
health, leading you towards healing, towards uh, feeling, feeling fulfilled and alive in the things that you're going to do tomorrow morning. We all have our struggles. We all have things that we wish we could do that maybe we can't. Jesus wants to make a difference. He wants to open up the possibilities. Ephesians 1.3 says, How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every blessing in heaven because we belong to, to Christ. The New Living Translation would say every spiritual blessing. And, and we've talked before about how the true essence of blessing is that right relationship with Jesus and the peace and the, and the things attached to that. It's not primarily tangible things, right? Every spiritual blessing doesn't mean a fat bank account and a new car and all the lights turn green, you know, when I go down the highway. That might happen. It's kind of cool. Um, true spiritual blessing means peace with God. Peace with each other and peace with yourself. To be in right relationship and to be completely removed from strife, anxiety, depression, struggle. Now we know this is a process, right? So I'm not, I'm not painting a rosy picture that, you know, that's where we're all at. I get it. We're all afflicted by life. But, but I just want to open your mind to the possibility that that is what is available in the kingdom, in the presence. That's the difference that God can make. And we're moving towards that incrementally. We're opening ourselves up to him. We're moving in that direction. But we identify with Jesus. And because of his relationship with the Father and our relationship with him, we can begin to see that difference in our own lives. And then lastly, if that's true, if we see the God difference represented in Jesus and we see it represented in us and the difference that God has made to us, we then become the God difference to the world. We who have identified with Jesus, who have followed him, who have seen the difference that God can make, become that difference to the world. Matthew 28, familiar passage. This is from uh, just before Jesus ascends. And, and basically, the verses preceding this, you know, there's all sorts of doubts and questions and all these things going on. And verse 18 says, Jesus, undeterred, in other words, not thrown off by their doubts and insecurities and questions. That should bring hope to us, right? If you have doubts and insecurities, and questions and uncertainties, Jesus is not deterred by that. He went right ahead and gave his charge, and he would say the same to you now. God, meaning the Father, authorized and commanded me to commission you, which means to give you a task and send you out to do it. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Many translations say go and make disciples. And, and one of the reasons that it, that it uses the word train here, it's, it's, not a, it's not a military thing, it's not, but it's to point to the fact that it's a way of life. It's not a set of behaviors. It's a practice. 
It's a practice of being in God's presence, of letting him make the difference, of letting him lead you. And so we want to immerse people in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To whatever degree you have experienced God making a difference in your life, it's then your humble task to turn and be that difference to others in the world. Through serving them, through sharing your story, through showing up in whatever way God might lead you. But there are uh, more people than we could count walking around the face of the earth completely lost without hope, without any idea that there is an alternative to the current trajectory of life that they're on. And some of you can identify with having felt that way in the past. How many of you don't, don't, I don't want you to identify yourself, but just think to yourself, has there been a moment in your life where you truly felt hopeless? Meaning you were without hope. Another way I might say it is, you didn't see an alternative. You didn't see another way. And you felt completely out of control, meaning it felt beyond your power to change the thing that you were experiencing. Many of us have felt that way. Many people walking around in our everyday lives feel that way moment by moment. That they have accepted that things are the way that they are, and they are blissfully unaware that there's an alternative, that there's a God who can make a difference, a God difference. Now, see, we can make a difference for people, but what, what I'm, the picture I'm trying to paint for you is not just doing acts of kindness. Acts of kindness are good. I encourage you to do acts of kindness. But the God difference transcends human effort. It's when the Spirit of God breathes on the simple things that you do in obedience and multiplies it supernaturally. When He whispers in your ear and gives you little words and phrases and nudges, to connect with a person in a way that you could have never done just with your natural knowledge. In all of this, God makes the real difference. Just one more time before we we move on to wrap this up. What is not the God difference? As we're trying to reach people with the love and hope and the message and demonstration of Jesus this Christmas... The God difference is not found in church membership. It's actually, and this might be challenging, I know it is for me, because I'm a person that likes to, to have my beliefs right. You know, say, oh yeah, this, this is correct. Right belief, right doctrine. It's good. I tell you guys all the time, if we're going to have theology, I'd rather have good theology than bad theology. Right? Fair enough? But does having enough right theology, enough right doctrine, enough right correct beliefs, because honestly, I have a feeling when we get there and we can ask him, we all probably are off a little bit, right? It's one of the reasons we value getting along with the big C church, the global church. It's not because we agree on everything. It's because we recognize we've all probably got some of it wrong, but our goal is the same, to love Jesus to love people, to make disciples, all in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
and Christian practices. Again, you, you have to understand this tension. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. But those things outside of relationship with Jesus are not going to make the difference. Not belief, not practice, not church membership, not even acts of kindness and benevolence are going to make the difference. Only God can make the difference. And you will never feel more free than once you've entered into that difference. And and when I crack open my Bible tomorrow morning, I no longer feel... Now, this is just me. I'm not putting this on you. I no longer feel... "Mm, I need to do this so I'm a, you know, so I'm a good Christian boy and say I've done my, or even as the pastor, you know, oh, what happens if the pastor doesn't read his Bible every day? I come to it now because I find life in it. It's because it's the relationship with I ha- that I have with the one behind it that it's like food. I hunger for it. I thirst for it. I long to, because I know when I crack this open, And when I begin to read it, when I begin to pray to him, he's going to be present with me. He's going to interact with me. I stop almost every morning as I'm getting ready. A lot of times I'll do this in the shower because, you know, with a couple of young kids and busy school mornings, there's not a lot of other quiet time before everything. And before I come into work and everything starts happening in the phone. And I've told you this before. I just stop. And I put my hands out. And I don't say anything. But in my heart, I'm just directing my affection to God. Jesus, you're here with me. And without fail, he's there. And sometimes he tells me stuff. And sometimes I just feel his nearness. But it makes a difference. Everything that I need to do in this life is made possible because of that nearness with Jesus. And that possibility is available. So let's, let's end this way. We've been talking all through this message about the God difference. Let's put some definition to it. What is the God difference? It's the life light of Jesus. Bursting with grace hope, healing, and every possibility that exists in the kingdom of God. And it's laid before you with an open invitation. Every possibility. Now, we get hung up, right? We get hung up because, well, I'm not experiencing that. I have sickness. I have friends who are uh, in bad relationship. I'm having trouble in my marriage. I can't pay my car note, all the things that happen in life. And so we think, well, those possibilities must not be available to me. And friends, I don't, I don't have a magic wand or a magic trick to, to fix all of those, but I know, I believe with a conviction to the deepest part of my soul, and I'm trying to convey to you this morning that there is possibility. And if we can just start there, Believing that the life light of Jesus that lives in our heart comes to us to make a difference and that opens up the possibility that God could make a difference. A real difference. Maybe today. Maybe right now. 
that possibility is there. We're going to close here in a minute by reading one of the scriptures that we started with. But I just want to encourage you, ask God this morning to come and make a difference in your life. And if you want prayer for that, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to share with you what that can look like. But if nothing else, start with believing in the possibility. And then just taking that first step. You know, Jesus, I don't understand all of this. I, I don't quite know what this is going to look like. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to at least take this step. I think, may, now listen, I, I'm being honest. I'm not saying you've got you to gotta sign up whole hog day one. All right, I believe in everything, you know, everything's going to be different. No, just say, Jesus, you know, I'm willing to believe in the possibility. Will you show me what's possible? And I guarantee you, he's willing and ready to do that. John chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 that we looked at earlier. Eternal life is in him. And this life gives light to all mankind. His life is the light that shines through the darkness. And the darkness can never extinguish it.